Go. Blink and you're dead. Bloody hell. If you even think about blinking, you'll be dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's all very good, isn't it? Well, that's, you know, I mean, I would hate to let, have let dust in my eyes and then like, a weeping angel shows up and I'm like, oh, fuck. Shit. For fuck's sake. Can we just... Someone's just fucking shot a lot of pepper into my eyes. Give me a minute. Let me put Let me put water under my eyes. Uh, before we, before you transport me to another time and space, um, but yeah, we're 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 talking about Doctor Who season three, episode eleven. If you can't hear me say blink, it's because I blinked and I forgot that we weren't filming this. That was my cute oh, way. Very, very good. Yeah, um, yeah. It was written by Stephen Moffat, and it was directed by Hetty McDonald. And is starring David Tennant, Free Madgeman, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Lucy Gaskell, and Finlay Robertson. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I nearly fell as if I wasn't strictly there, but I managed to pull it together and get that name read. Uh, but um, do you have an opening statement, Lewis? Um, I do have an opening statement. Um, I, I like this episode very much. Yeah. It's good. I don't know quite what else to say. It's it's a great example of the fact that Doctor Who is at its best when it's a bit shit. Because it's I've I've been saying this literally since this, since we first started doing this podcast, which is that um Doctor Who is at its best when it is sort of a massively constrained. Yeah. If you give the Doctor Who production team an unlimited budget to hire whoever, do whatever, it'll be good. But if you give them constraints to work within and everything's a bit of a struggle, then it becomes, somehow it becomes a bit better. Yeah. I don't know quite how to describe it, but it's, um, I think it's for the same reason that in universe, like David Tennant's TARDIS, it looks filthy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, it's the, for the same reason that that's kind of nice in a funny way. It's the same reason that um, Wallace and Gromit's car is always rusty. Yes. It's because that's, <laughs> it's something about the struggle that is like just makes it good but this is an episode where you're like oh the it's a lady running around a grimy old house for for however long yeah that that's the that's it that's the episode um and it's really good isn't it 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 it, it definitely is i completely agree with what you're saying uh, dougie just said uh the doctor who movie had a big budget and it wasn't great you're absolutely mm, right Peter Cushing. i've never seen it yeah have you not no is it terrible i mean it's worth watching for for his Nineteen ninety six. Oh, one with um. Oh, with uh, Paul McGann. Yeah. Yeah, that is a shit film. That is like, <laughs> geez, the master is this, uh, weird American guy, called Bruce, okay. and uh, he's a a venomous. <laughs> hey, I'm Bruce Master. <laughs> the 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 voice of the Daleks in it is shocking. They're in it for like two seconds, and it's like, someone's put on a blender. And forgot to switch it off. It's that bad. Um, but yeah, so like the audio recording quality for our podcast. Yeah, yes. absolutely, absolutely. Yes. In its early days. Of, let me just turn on my my blender and my <laughs> and my coffee machine. I'll just turn them all on all at once. Yeah, mm, perfect. I mean, but some of the best episodes of the show are very low maintenance and very low budget, like Midnight, for my- example. That was exactly what I was about yeah. to suggest. Yeah, some of th- that's um, probably my f- one of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, because it's really bloody good. Um, with uh, what's his face from Merlin, Colin Morgan, something like that. Jeffro, his name is in the episode. I know his character yeah. name, but not mm. his real name. I think, I think, I think <laughs> he was also in the Crown. I 
think yeah he played he was, a journalist um, yeah i can't remember what he was journalisting about but he i remember was... he was in a hotel and he was like oh give me the front page and give me 600 words and then he starts scribbling down on a piece of paper. Like, well, it's not it's not exactly true, Lewis. What what it was was, was it not? No, he was meant to interview uh, Princess Anne, and okay. instead she decided no, let's interview uh, Philip's uh, mother, um, who had an extraordinary life, uh, mm-hmm. and she was a nun, and he was like, very cynical of the monarchy, and then somehow interviewing this person, he was like, wow, maybe they're not that bad, um. Uh? doesn't really negate the actions of the other people in the institution but yeah i mean but anyway uh, i have to show you the power of prince philip's mum yeah god good egg what a good egg i i, I mean i don't know I that much about know. her she could be fucking horrible the well that's precisely what i was about to say because some of prince philip's family members were nazis so she might have been one yeah. i honestly don't know yeah his favorite sister was a nazi um yeah that was yeah that was a bit it's a bit, it's a bit yikesy um it's extremely yikesy, dangerously yikesy. <laughs> but uh, do you have any creepy room questions before we get into an anti-monarchal tirade? Um, yes. Do cameras work on the Weeping Angels? What? Would cameras work on the Weeping Angels? That thing about how they can't be observed. But then it's like, well, what what does it mean to be observed? Like, are you aware yeah. of this concept of the mortifying ordeal of being known? N- no. The idea that, like... Um, Apparently, it's a thing that, like, uh, sort of professionals that will become famous at something, sort of, say, YouTubers or Instagram influencers or whatever, there's a fighting chance you'll wake up one day and all of a sudden, overnight, 50,000 people have seen your face randomly on the internet. Oh. And that's that's a sort of a terrifying thing to think of, like, oh, my God, there are 50,000 people out there that know me and I don't know them. And that's sort of creepy and it's, it's the mortifying ordeal of being known. So if the Weeping Angels had sort of notoriety... And everybody was like suspicious of every gargoyle and statue that they walked past. Would the would the Weeping Angels technically be observed in a very strange way? Um, well, David David Tennant says that it's a fact of their biology. So I'm assuming, right. <laughs> like he said, no choice. It's a fact of their biology in the side of any living thing. So he said living thing. So I'm assuming that. Okay. But there's a weird sort of scene in another Weeping Angel story. Stephen Moffat um, is drunk on his own cleverness and yes, is like, uh-huh. oh, you can see him through the TV and it's a recording, but any image of an angel is somehow an angel. The, like, the way you said, oh, he's drunk on his own thing, I was like, any image of an angel an angel. Listen, 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 I've got, I've got a fucking belter, right? Wait till you hear this, right? Not only, <laughs> right? Not only the angels bad, right? But see any fucking photographs of them? They'll come out and they'll fucking try and kill you, pal. Right? Put that in your put that in your fucking script. There you go. Yeah. Have that one for free, eh? Cut a sale. I always thought. Cut a sale, Stevie. <laughs> I always thought that if that was um if that was gonna be used like um I, I'm, I'm don't get me wrong I got it was oh the angels coming out the telly and it's bloody scary I get that but wouldn't it be more terrifying to have the angel clawing its way out of a book? I feel like that's innately more scary. Maybe. Because things already come out of screens. In a st- I mean, you know, they don't. But you put on 3D glasses and you're like, whoa, that bloody um, big old spear from that movie is going to come and poke me in the face. So yeah. could it be... Could, wouldn't it, would it not be scarier to have a book leap off the counter and 
something starts clawing its way out of it and ripping it apart. And th- I think that might be more scary. I don't know. Probably need a bigger budget for that, though. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, but to to answer your question, I don't know. No. Neither <laughs> do I. And do you know why you don't know? It's because Stephen Moffat had this one good idea and he's been harping on it for a long, long time. Yeah. Do you know what, Lewis? Lewis, we're going to have to break formula a wee bit, okay? Because there is no denying that this episode is fantastic, okay? So we've mm-hmm. we've hated on Stephen Moffat for as long as we've both done this podcast. And we I have. think it's we time have. that we give him his due, okay? We've, we've been hard on you, Steve, but we're here. And we're going to say all the good things about this episode. Um, mm. Carrie Mulligan, amazing performance uh, as, yep. as, as Sally Sparrow. Um, you really sort of believe that she's uh, inquisitive, uh, but also human as well. Um, yeah. And that's it, it, it's interesting because our, our, our partner, um, who becomes a partner, has lost uh, his sister. And mm. he's more interested in, like, the shorthand of, like, the conversation that she's having with, with David Tennant. So it's interesting yeah. how, like, Doctor Who can make people forget the very sort of human things that mm. that define us. That's why um, characters like uh, Rose become sort of desensitised and, and less interested in the sort of implications of, of you know, leaving and then mm. coming back mm. a year later and your boyfriend is accused of killing you. Um, so I think, I think that's really interesting and it feels believable. It doesn't feel like forced um mm, mm. the sort of audio recordings of 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 david tennant and uh not just audio visual as well that's genius that's the the, the fact that we hear snippets of the conversation like all throughout mm. the episode and we're like what the hell is he talking about and it all sort of comes together in this weird sort of yep yep no i know that bit yep yep yeah and now you're gonna say this and it's like it's it's a good payoff to being like, so confused mm, mm throughout the entire episode and it keeps you sort of guessing which is which is excellent yeah it is always nice to have um lots of things all sort of fall into place and you're like oh so yeah like it's what a heist movie is supposed to be oh so that's how they did it do you know what i mean it that it's it's yeah i, I like that a lot um and i i do enjoy the idea of um i remember at the time dvds were like i mean dvds weren't a new thing at the time that's a ridiculous thing to say but I suppose in a way they sort of were, but the point I'm slowly trying to make my way around to is the fact that it's um, sort of this edge part of culture that people aren't really very aware of, and he's sort of dragging it into the limelight and making you stare at it. That's quite a nice thing, Yeah. Um, which is enjoyable, I have to say. It's just enjoyable. Dougie said uh, Easter eggs were a big thing then. They were. Mm. They were mm. very big. Um, uh, I... T- I don't. I don't remember ever like, having DVDs and like, seeing Easter eggs and stuff on them. But I know that they were like a thing that super fans would look look for mm. in certain things and weird sort of clips that were sort of transposed onto other uh, DVDs were like mm. common and would like, there was a. I think there was a case in the US where um, it was like a sort of. Uh, uh, children's nursery or something like that and mm. they'd put on this dvd and like porn was like intercut with it so it was like, i think it was like a pretty big uh p- pandemic back then of people just putting 
random shit onto already you know created uh, VHS and 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 mm, DVDs, mm. which was really weird. Which I suppose it's kind of it, it it is slightly weird, but I guess it's kind of nice in the same way. People will always sort of. Um, take apart what you give them and make something new with it. I think that's the very nature of, of, of people. It's the nature of creativity. So yeah. even if it's not quite Tyler Durden splicing pictures of penises into films in Fight Club, yeah. then it'll be something equally as stupid and ridiculous of, of putting, like, oh, there's an Easter egg in this, and it's literally just an Easter egg in the background. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the kind of things that you sort of see, which I quite like. Definitely. Um, a tiny bit of trivia that I've been dying to talk about is um, the software that they use to make the um, Weeping Angel actresses actually stay physically still um, is called Blink. The software is called Blink, and it's oh. supposed to be used to take out blinking in your actors um, so their eyes just appear to be open. Um, and so that's what they've used to do that, which I quite like. Wow, I had no idea that they were actors. Like, I, yeah. th- I thought that they were like statues like or like... But then again, oh, I'd imagine if they had like a statue budget. Yeah, right Jesus. <laughs> now that I'm let's, thinking um, about it, that's... let's commission twenty granite statues of angels. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot of money. Mm. Um, I think the concept of the weeping angel is just genius. Oh uh, God, yeah. By itself, like just ah, oh, again, horror being the things that we take for granted that we don't see any mm, sort of mm. like just it's. I cannot overstate how incredibly clever it is and and how Stephen Moffat must have just been sitting one day and just saw a statue and was like, Oh, that could be an interesting idea for a for a story. Mm, mm. Um That you're completely right. It's yet another example of the expectation subversion, which is everywhere when you start looking for it. Yeah. Of like, um it's what a joke is, really. Why did that guy fall out of the tree? He got a fridge thrown at him. That that expectation <laughs> subversion because it's oh the branch slipped or oh it was, it was raining or whatever. No, it was a free and that's that's the, the the subversion. But yeah, it's the expectation of oh no statues are just carved bits of of limestone or well not limestone because that had rot away. But you know what I mean, carved bits of rock. And then oh no, actually they're all a bit alive. Yeah, and it's just the fact that you happen to be looking at them is the only thing that keeps them there. Because it's um it's not. It's not every statue, but it's any statue. Yeah. And that's that's the the brilliance of it. Because yeah. then suddenly you're there thinking, Oh god, but earlier I was by that by that war memorial and there was that, that statue of a soldier or and do you know what I mean? You you're you're then thinking back through your day and it, it creeps into your mind. Yeah. It's really good. You know, I there is one thing that, that makes this episode a downer, right? Because Okay. David Tennant alludes to the fact that these things can never be seen. Their true form can never be um, sort of seen by anyone, let alone themselves. Mm. Uh, and then in the next sort of Weeping Angel episode, uh, there's this scene where Amy has to close her eyes and like, walk to this place without getting like, caught by the angels, yeah. and she has to pretend yeah. that she can see, right? Which is the most absurd thing in the world. Yeah, because... I don't, I don't understand. She's it. not observing them. They should be able. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Oh my god. The rabbit hole that I have just fucking went down. So it's biological that if they are looked upon, they will turn to stone. Like no choice. They don't. They don't have any say in that whatsoever. They have to remain absolutely mm. still. Okay. So Amy's got her eyes closed. So they should be free to do whatever they want and just yeah. nab her and snap her neck like they did in the. Uh, the the newer episodes why they did that i don't i don't oh yeah it was uh 
they can sort of take your physical vortex or something and then use it as a voice. I had no idea what the fuck was going on there. Um, Mm -hmm. But the angels then realised, oh wait, Davy, she's got her fucking eyes closed, man. And then they, like, you don't see, it's alluded to that they have this otherworldly form that cannot be seen by anyone. Mm, and that makes, terrifying. yeah, that makes them more scary. But no, it's not that. They are just statues and they turn around and they're like, oh, like that. And that's just what they are. So it completely ruins the entire concept of like, you have no idea what they look like. They don't know what they look like. No one will ever know what these horrible creatures look like. You just have to keep looking at them and you will mm. never get a glimpse of what they truly are. That's horrifying. That's a horrifying brilliant sci-fi concept yeah. only to be because ruined then, then it starts begging the question as well, well what why did they pick the form of the angel then why is that because weeping angel as a concept it's a really creepy image yeah and it's used in in graveyard cemeteries and all the rest of it because it's oh my god this person has died it's making angels cry that's that's it's so sad yeah um but then well, why did they pick the form of the angel then? Did, did or did they pick it? Yeah. Or did it just so happen that they came to the planet and just happened across, well, you know, a, a graveyard and like, oh, that looks nice. I'll do that. I mean, the thing is, why do they hunt in packs then if they can't look at each other? That's really good. Yeah, they. You, you, yeah, it's just think should be one. Do that. What like, should be like sole predators on their own because like. They're like, oh, they're not weeping. They can't risk looking at each other. Well, if they can't risk looking, why don't they just go and find someone else? They could all separate and it's like, right, we'll see you after. I'll meet you at the lunch club and find like their own <laughs> their own food. Meet you at the lunch club and then they're looking at each other and going, oh, shit. Yeah. We, we fucked it, guys. Oh, no. You know, I like, um, it would have been good if it was just one and then the doctor could maybe empathise a bit more about this creature being lonely and only sort of... Mm stealing uh human time streams for for food and stuff like that maybe a, 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 but i suppose you don't have enough time in a 45 minute episode but you would have done if there was only one of them um mm. hang on i'm just sorry i'm just looking at a picture now of the final four angels all stood around the tardis one of them is being unobserved there's i mean they're stood in a in a in a square obviously yeah and the three so if you I mean, there's no way for me to indicate this in an audio format, but let three me, of them are looking me, at one another. Let me get it up. Okay, because two of them are looking at each other, and then one of them is looking at one of the two, and then the final angel, nobody's looking at her, but she's looking at the angel directly across from her. So, could she not just... I mean, I say she, the otherworldly angel figures, but could they just vanish off and go and nab Sally Sparrow? I mean... Yeah, right? Yeah, surely the lights go out and then they can leave. Yes. But then, again, if they've got some otherworldly intelligence and an otherworldly ability to, like, um, that nobody knows what their body looks like or whatever, could they might navigate by echolocation or something. Yeah. What's, what's to say they, 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 they observe by seeing with eyes like we do? Why can't they turn off the lights like they did, mm. like, two minutes ago? But it's so dumb. It is... Oh, fuck. Why? 
Why did we have, have you to found do? The why, yeah, why did we have to do this? We do this every fucking time. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> this is the best episode in the entire show. Yeah, the doctor's a serial killer. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So two of them are looking at each other, and one is looking away, and the other one. Well, I mean, one's looking. They're all. Mm, two are only looking at each other, and the other two are mm. lo- looking in that direction so i guess they are trapped for for that moment but yeah but do you see do you see my point how <laughs> on I, I presume you're looking at the same picture of me of the four one of, nobody is looking at one of them unless i suppose maybe she's in the periphery or something yeah i i, I imagine that's what what they would say or oh, they're in mm, the periphery mm. you know field of vision is quite big i guess yeah um i don't know but i mean that said, they are fucking terrifying creatures. Oh, yeah. Both in terms of what they can do, but also in terms of the aesthetic. There's something in- incredibly terrifying about something that's like... It's just a slight perversion of something you know. Yeah. Like, I, I grew up quite near a church that had a weeping angel. Literally, as in, there was like a, it was a, a big grave, and on top of the grave was stood an, an angel with, with, with hands over her face, mm-hmm. crying. And um, so then I was like, "Well, oh, that's fucking terrifying." So I, I feel like I know what a what a weeping angel is, and I know the pictures of them in the garden and stuff. How they are literally weeping angels. I know what that is. And then I see a picture of them with the great big fangs, and they're going ah, and they've got the big nails and claws, and they look a bit battered. And uh, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's scary. It's really yet another expectation subversion, brilliant thing. No, definitely. Um, I mean. Their sort of, their sort of outwardly appearance as angels would only work on Earth, really. Like true, I, true. I, well, I mean, maybe not. There, I'm sure there are other cultures that have angels, but they would all be like aliens, you know. Um, that's really good. Didn't the Aplans have two heads? Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point as well. Why wouldn't the angels? Because uh, presuming they picked the form. Then it could be like the Transformers, for want of a better example. <laughs> like they they sort of stumble across something they like and go, oh yeah, I like that, and then they just pick that and do it, which sort of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. If they came to Earth and they were like, oh okay, well there's loads of statues, um, there's something that doesn't move very often. Or if they went to some alien planet and they were like, oh they call this the Blimblam, and it is purple and it's seven feet tall. I'm gonna be one of them because they never move. Do you know what I mean? Is that would they do that if they went to a different planet? Yeah, I mean they could do. But like, or if they've got to go to like a fancy dress shop, and so like steal the the shop's supply of blimblam outfits, but, to try and resemble one. But that would imply that then they, if they can change their outwardly appearance, then why can't they then like sort of control when they're seen and when they're not? I think it's mm-hmm. like the the point is it's they have no choice and they they are, you know, angels forever. But not every statue is an angel. Like we we see in uh the Aplan sort of thing, uh, there are statues that don't look like angels; they just look like statues. So, mm, and there's... do they Sorry, all do they all look like angels, or is it dependent? And there was a little sort of cherub, wasn't there? Yeah, those baby ones as well. Yeah, and this um, and the, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, <laughs> made of made of copper. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, that was so stupid. They literally do... I think the only reason they did that was because oxidised copper, obviously, is green, and it just so happens that green is a... That sort of 
murky green is a colour that you might see in a rock formation, as like yeah. malachite or something, which I think is actually copper ore now that I think of it. But anyway, so that's. But if it was still bright copper, like it was the time it was introduced to the to the US, the time the the French gave it to the US, then sh- surely they wouldn't have thought to do that. You'd be like, oh no, well, clearly it's copper. Or are we just supposed to believe that this weeping angel can become copper? Or that this weeping angel yeah. just so happens to be able to make itself appear to be copper? I mean, the idea that no one no one would be looking at the Statue of Liberty as it li- mm. as it marches across the fucking ocean <laughs> to, to this random hotel is fucking there's, there's, bullshit. There's these enormous like, waves crashing up against yeah. houses and apartment buildings. Jesus! And, oh, fuck! Oh, God. Um, D- uh, Dougie's just made a good point. They could be shapeshifters, which is a very good point, of course. They could be shapeshifters. They could be. Um, uh, but then, I suppose, if they can move quicker than... Uh, what, what is it you said? Impossibly fast. Quicker than anything. Um, then... Uh, I don't know. what uh, Tachyon... Well, clearly, yes. Dougie's right. It is tachyons. They might be made from tachyons, which I think yeah. from Watchmen are particles that travel backwards through what we perceive to be time. Yeah, which that's... is a brilliant line because it means fucking nothing. <laughs> um, Sci-fi mumbo jumbo. Uh, no, um, it's like all those lines they gave to. Um, I'm going Levar on... Burton on TNG, where they just he, he seems to be the only one in the cast that can convincingly perform this sci-fi nonsense. Yeah, so just give him a string of random techno babble. Yeah, Dougie's just said, yeah. give him a string of random words, and he comes out with them. So now that we've ruined most people's favorite episode of Doctor Who, Danny, oh. have you got any final CRQs or anything like that? Um, no. I just wanted to say the the iconography of the writing under the wallpaper. That's that's beautiful. Yes. It's very very pretty with the white paint. The sorry the green paint. Very. And the sort of black etchings on the wall. It's very pretty. Um, and the wallpaper's nice as well. So I, sp- I suppose that's good. <laughs> yeah. The only psychopaths in the universe to kill you nicely. Do they really kill you? Um. No, not really. They just kind of teleport you a bit. They te- they tra- they time travel you. I mean, Which actually, now that I think about it, that's a really good point. Because if they feed off your potential future energy, you're still going to have a potential future. When, um, what's her name? The lady that disappeared to the past in this episode with the dark hair. Yeah. Um, oh, I've forgotten a pissing name. What is it? Kath- Kathy Nightingale. Kath- yes, Kathy Nightingale. Kathy Nightingale will still have a future in the past, if that makes sense. Yeah. She'll still live to be 80 years old and have kids and a husband, like she does in the episode. There's that letter. Yeah. So could the Weeping Angel... Could a Weeping Angel from ancient Britain... Well, not ancient. However however long ago Britain. Could they not tap her and send her further back and further back and further back till she's present for the Big Bang? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't... Do the angels decide how far back to send someone? Yeah, and I mean, so, do you know what I don't understand as well? Because time travel is, like, a big part of this universe, if you have a Mm. time machine, does that mean that the angels can still feast on your potential? Like... I suppose so, yeah. Well, how? Because if you go back to the time that they took you, then they wouldn't have fed on it would they have yeah yeah that's a good point other i suppose it's i suppose the idea is i think you two have put in more thought than the writer <laughs> i think so dougie yeah um i think maybe i think i guess what uh david tennant or whoever i suppose stephen moffat was trying to get across is that the they're feeding off your remaining life force 
as as it were. Like, yeah. say you live to 80, they're feeding off the remaining however many years that you might have. But, like, Kathy Nightingale does still get those years. So... Yeah, but mm. yeah, but it would it would work if like, time was like you could only send people back. But the doctor says it himself in this episode that time is like uh, sorry from a from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint. So why don't why doesn't he just say uh, not in order and objective? Like it's <laughs> so much techno babble. Um, it's like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. So that implies that even if they send you back, you're not like back anywhere. You're just, mm, you're just in another elsewhere. point. Like there's no. It's like if somebody teleported you to like Russia. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, really. I mean, it's like, like time would become space in that sense because it's not sort of a causal effect relationship. It's more just a different bit of the mm, big bubble mm. that you're in, I guess. Which That's a very good point. Which man. makes no fucking sense whatsoever and i don't know why that's there to be honest neither do i maybe it's um, maybe it's to confuse us so much that we can't ever work it out and can't hold this bastard to account <laughs> <laughs> um perhaps it is um i'm sorry I've, I've, I've gone on to the imdb page for this episode um and i'm looking at the cast list um ellen thomas as weeping angel is is um the only credited weeping angel here oh um turns out she has done loads of stuff as makeup department. Um, she's doing stuff as makeup department. The A-List, a TV series, she's doing that now, apparently. Um, the, her only acting credits are Doctor Who. She did this one, obviously. She was in the Utopia episode. Um, oh, that's next. Future kind. Yeah. Uh, she was in The Girl in the Fireplace. She played Clockwork Woman 1. Oh. Um, and Rose 2005, she played an Auton, uncredited. God damn. Um, non-union extra, maybe. Maybe. She might be a non-union extra. Maybe. But, um... Love a bit of IMDb. I love that it's this... Some... some Somebody is out there looking through lists and lists that I can't be bothered to find. Yeah. And making this information available to me. Uh, completely at random. I hope they... Brilliant. I hope they're getting paid for it. Um, I hope they're getting paid for it as well. Yeah. Whoever, whoever you are out there, you are the real hero. Mm. IMDb messed up my IMDb page once. Um, Never mind, I'm... you're a bastard. Because <laughs> I'm Lewis Brindley, obviously. And there's another Lewis Brindley. Uh, the small YouTube channel, you might know about it, the Ogscast. Um, Who? He's, he's, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, me and the other Lewis Brindley, we shared an IMDb page for a bit. And um, we kept getting in contact with loads of different people um, to be like, can you fix this, please? And now it has worked. I think I'm Lewis Brindley 1 and he's Lewis Brindley 2. Yeah. Um, know, your, know your fucking place, yog boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, oh, no, I'm Lewis ah, Brindley. Ah, no! No! You've been betrayed. I have been betrayed. <laughs> oh, God damn. Well, it's been a roller coaster of an episode. We've destroyed our favourite television show yet again. And, uh, God, oh, we're going to do this every fucking episode from now on, aren't we? We're going to like. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I love this episode. <laughs> but what about that thing? Oh, yeah, it's really stupid now. Sorry, guys. Um, you really are. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap it up. Have you got a, um, a closing statement, Chuck? Uh, not really. Um,. Neither do I, really. Yeah. Well, make one up on the spot. I dare you. Okay. Uh, 
I will not say do not weep, for not all tears are an evil. What? I don't. I don't. <laughs> fuck it. It's from Lord of the Rings. There you go. Oh, okay. And I, um, I, I saw the word weep, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, I like this episode. Lots of pretty things happen. It's scary. Um, but also, more importantly, if you enjoyed our rambling nonsense about Doctor Who and you have seen the recent Doctor Who trailer and you're very excited, you can check out our Sunday podcast. We'll be talking about the Doctor Who trailer and we'll be like, bloody hell, look at the Doctor Who trailer. Look at all these things that have happened in it. Isn't that weird? That um, is ex- so won't that be exciting? That is exactly how we're going to say it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you've got that to look forward to. But until then, Lewis, shall we do some horrible capitalist shilling? Go on then. Okay. Uh, we all have link trees. Uh, Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram and the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube. Go out, find it, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you there. We also Indeed. have a PayPal donate button. So anything you can spare, anything at all would be greatly appreciated. And uh, we also want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Doogie. Thank you, one and all. You really do make the show possible, and you are... We have a couple of patrons in the chat now. We have got Dougie, and for a brief moment there we had Deetia. Um So, yes, just thank you very much for joining both of you. Um, if you want to get in on the action and, and cheekily join our Patreon, then you can go to patreon.com slash shoutingintothevoid and you can check out everything. Dougie's given us a thumbs up, so thumbs up back to him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We sell tote bags, jumpers, mugs, socks, stickers, all sorts of stuff. Get yourself something nice. Or the weeping angels will get you. Ooh. Ooh. The, the, the weeping angels that do famously go, ooh. ooh. They do that when you're not looking at them and you've got earmuffs on. Um, but yeah, and uh, last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue. And uh, Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Um, Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which they crochet and they're very, very good at it. And if you want to keep up to date with all the things that they're doing and all the things that are going on in that world, you can go to at number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram and you can check out everything that they're doing. So give it a cheeky checkout. Yes, cheeky checkout. And uh, speaking of cheeky checkouts, we are now going to cheeky check the fuck out of here. Uh, We have how many episodes left? Three of this season? I don't know, I've closed the IMDb page. Utopia, so. The Sound of Drums, and Last of the Time Lords, I believe, we have left. Ooh. So that'll be fun. Um, it will. Yeah, so tune in for them, and we will see you, hear you, smell you, ruin your favourite sci-fi concepts <laughs> next time. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.